This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Digital Health Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Eric Poon, Chief Health Information Officer at Duke Medicine in Durham, North Carolina, and Professor of Medicine in Biostatistics and Bioinformatics at Duke University School of Medicine. Dr. Poon, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Laura, thanks for having me. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about in terms of healthcare and technology, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure, I'm happy to. I am a physician by background. I trained in internal medicine and still practice adult primary care part-time at Duke Health, but I spent most of my time as a chief health information officer. And in that capacity, I uh, oversee the clinical systems and analytics teams here at Duke Health. I also run a clinical informatics uh, fellowship program, so I'm responsible for training a small cadre of the next generation of physician leaders who want to go into clinical informatics. Oh, fantastic. So with that background of both the clinical practice as well as technology and informatics, it seems like you're really in a great position to have a huge role um, within healthcare as the space goes forward. And when you think about training the next generation of physicians who are also interested in informatics and technology, what advice do you have for them, for those who may be thinking about jumping into a role similar to yours? Yeah, I I think flexibility is the number one criteria. I think it's going to be very difficult to anticipate fully uh, how technology will evolve in the healthcare space. Uh, The only thing that we are sure of is that it's going to change. So it's really important for folks who want to go into health IT to have a broad skill set and to understand how to solve problems alongside with different partners. Got it. That's really great advice. Thank you so much. Now, what are you most excited about right now in terms of technology? What, when it comes across your desk, does it really have you um, looking forward to for the future? Yeah. So I think I would highlight three different areas. I think the first area is uh, what I call actionable artificial intelligence that is effective and equitable. Um, I'll go into that a little bit uh, later. I think the second one is the broad notion of digital health uh, to increase patient engagement. Um, And then number three is cloud technologies. So I'm happy to go into each one of them uh, if your listeners might be interested. Uh, I do think that there certainly has been a lot of excitement about artificial intelligence over the last few years. Algorithms are being developed uh, both in healthcare and outside of healthcare seem to be doing amazing things and have a lot of promise to make sure that clinicians can make the best decisions, uh, uh, taking into account uh, reams of data that are otherwise would not be interpretable by human beings. Having said that, I do think that there is some significant hype about artificial intelligence, and I think that our challenge in the field is to make sure that we deploy artificial intelligence so that we can actually impact clinical outcomes and lead to better patients' lives at the end of the day. And while that might sound simple, it's by no means easy. There's a lot of artificial intelligence that seem to predict interesting things but may not lead to different decisions or different actions to be taken by clinicians or patients. 
Uh, so we suddenly want artificial intelligence that will make an impact uh, or in short be actionable. I also think that uh, there is a huge gap in in realizing the promise of AI and translating that into actual uh, clinical or patient benefits. Uh, in short, I think that um, not every single piece of AI technology will turn out to be effective. So there's a lot of work that we need to do uh, to make sure that we deploy that technology in a thoughtful and methodical way. Um, and then I, I also think that artificial intelligence, uh, as powerful as it is, is subject to bias, such as uh, just like anything, uh, other piece of technology or any other use of data. And we also want to make sure that we apply uh, AI in a thoughtful way so that we don't exacerbate inequities in healthcare, which we all know is highly significant. So I think um, uh, actionable, effective, and equitable AI is something that we certainly we need to work on as an industry. At Duke, uh, we have an umbrella organization led by Dr. Michael Pensina, my colleague, uh, the vice dean for data science, and it's called AI.Health. And the tagline uh, for the umbrella organization is uh, effective and equitable uh, AI uh, for health. And I'm really excited to uh, play a part of that because I think that if you start applying um, the, uh, the data that we have accumulated uh, from all different sources, including socioeconomic data, uh, with some of the newest algorithms and make sure that, that we put the insights into the hands of the right uh, people, be it clinicians or patients, at the right time to influence decision-making, we can really streamline how we do things in medicine and how we make decisions. So I think there's a lot that needs to be done there. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, in terms of digital health, I, I do think that uh, most people know that the patient, after all, is the most underutilized member of the healthcare team. And I think as we look at other industries, we see that the airline industry or even the pizza ordering industry have provided many different ways for customers uh, in those cases to engage uh, in ways that will uh, have them control their experience and to understand where they are in uh, their customer journey. And I think healthcare has a lot to do to catch up. I think a lot of the technology is maturing. I think the ability to uh, engage patients will also open up doors for us to uh, leverage the patients and the families in much more effective ways. Um, and at the same time, it will allow us to decrease the burden on uh, healthcare providers and staff. Um, so, for example, why would anybody want to uh, expect patients to call uh, a healthcare provider to make an appointment uh, as, as, as friendly as our uh, appointment agents are and get, helping them get appointments? Uh, many of these appointments can be done through self-service uh, at a time that's most convenient for the patient. So I think that itself uh, opens up a lot of doors for us to uh, to redeploy uh, staff in in more strategic ways to help with the more complicated scenarios where whereas I think digital health really would allow, our patients to take a much more active role in engaging in their own health at their own convenience on their own terms. And then uh, third is cloud technology. I think that there's been a lot of excitement of cloud outside of healthcare. 
I think that uh, we at Duke have, have adopted a cloud smart technology, so we don't necessarily move everything to the cloud indiscriminately. But I do think that cloud technology uh, has the ability to uh, reduce our, uh, the footprint of on-site, on-prem um, uh, assets so that we can deploy those resources for other things. Uh, we can uh, leverage economies of scale from the cloud services provider uh, so that we can, uh, again, uh, have our limited IT staff focus on things that are more innovative and creative. And I do think that I, it, um, the uh, as we move more and more of our technology platform uh, to uh, uh, software as a service or even platforms as a service, we are able to offload some of uh, the tasks uh, to cloud services provider who can take care of things at scale while our staff can focus more on interacting with patients and our, our, our clinicians to optimize the experience with technologies. And at the same time, we can probably reduce costs. Absolutely. I think that's just a really great point in summing up how the artificial intelligence and the things you need to consider when applying that type of technology, making sure it's effective and equitable, and then looking at digital health to engage patients and really bring them into the care delivery and decision-making process. And then finally, cloud technology and what that can do for organizations, um, both in terms of helping them um, make sure they're using their time and resources efficiently and effectively, but also being more creative with the on-site IT teams that they have. So I think given all of those trends and where things are headed, what aspects of healthcare do you see are primed for disruption using technology going forward? Yeah. I, I think the, I, I do think overall um, automation will play a significant role in disrupting how we do things. I think um, healthcare after all is, unlike other industries, is an industry where we are 90% people oriented because we are an industry where people take care of other people. That's not going to change anytime soon, but I think where we have opportunities is that we, there are repetitive things that we do uh, with, um, with with some of the administration of healthcare, especially in the payment space, um, with uh, helping patients find appointments, help patients uh, get to the information that's most relevant to them, where um, I, I think AI technologies could potentially uh, help automate a lot of that, uh, all those tasks uh, and help us redeploy our staff in the most effective way. So I'm thinking about um, some of the robotic process automation technologies that are going to uh, increasingly automate the robots out of all the tasks that many of our staff do. I do think that uh, technologies such as chatbots uh, with the underpinning natural language processing uh, can really do a lot to empower patients to find out how best to take care of themselves and how to get the care that they need. Got it. I think that really makes a lot of sense and it's great to hear. And, um, you know, it will be so interesting to see how all those technologies continue to integrate within the healthcare system and, and really make a difference for healthcare providers and the care delivery team members as well. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I just have one more question. Are there any challenges that you're anticipating to come about over the next year or two? Yeah, 
I think uh, all of us in healthcare are only beginning to dig ourselves out of the COVID pandemic. And I do think that all of us will continue to to see a lot of cost pressures. So, um, and and I do think that costs are in general rising quite rapidly uh, in the labor space. So I think um, it's going to be harder to find the dollars uh, easily to to innovate. But I do think that this is. Um, also an opportunity for us to think about how to do things differently, how to accelerate uh, things that we have piloted uh, and have been successful but have not reaped the full benefits uh, because of historical decisions that we made. I think this is um, an opportunity for us to pull off the Band-Aid and make some wholesale changes uh, and take advantage of some of the trends that I talked about earlier. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Well, Dr. Poon, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Okay. All right. Thank you for having me.